the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. It's Ask the Lawyer with Mike Connors. Got questions concerning elder or state law? Attorney Mike Connors has the answer. He's been recognized as one of New York's top lawyers by New York Magazine and brings nearly 40 years of experience to the table. His office number is 718-238-6500. That's 718-238-6500. Here's Mike Connors. We are gathered here on hallowed ground. Horses raised, heads bowed down. We're gathered here on hallowed ground to sing this song away. Welcome to Ask the Lawyer with me, Mike Connors. If you haven't heard the show before, hey, welcome aboard. If you have heard the show aboard, you know the show's usually in a couple of parts. The first part of the show, we talk about estate planning, elder law. And the idea behind estate planning is to pass assets from one generation to another, paying the least amount of taxes we need to pay legally, avoiding going to court, avoiding probate. And when you're alive, you want to avoid going through a guardianship proceeding. And as far as elder law is concerned, our main goal usually is to save our assets, especially our house, from nursing home bills. And most of you know we're going to be doing seminars in June, and we'll announce the uh, dates a little bit later in the show. And, you know, again, usually we have one of our attorneys, uh, you know, on the show at this part of the show. But today we're a little, we're pleased to have uh, Carolina, who's been an attorney for how many days now? One. (laughs) One day. Hooray, hooray. (laughs) So, Carolina, tell, tell us something about yourself. Where were you born? Where did you go to school? Where did uh, you go to law school? Hello, everyone. My name is Carolina, uh, and I am a new attorney uh, at uh, Connors & Sullivan. Uh, I was born in Poland, and I went to law school in Poland, and then I continued my legal education at Fordham Law School in New York. All right. And where, where do you live roughly? Uh, what I neighborhood? Li- I live in Middle Village. Okay. Now, bef- before that, and we're going to be talking about it a little bit later, but where, where, where did you work before coming to Connors & Sullivan? For the last uh, eight years, I work uh, at the Pulsutsky Institute uh, of America in Greenpoint, and it's a non-profit uh, cultural organization. Okay. And, you know, we're, we're going to be talking a little bit later, but who was Joseph Pilsudski? He was a Polish statesman. Uh, I can compare him to George Washington. He was a Polish marshal and the most important figure in Poland in the 30s. Okay, so 
Um, Beth, do you have a question or what would to throw into the mix? Well, we've been, once we found out where you had been working, then we were trying to figure out, well, from my point of view, who is this man? So we got on YouTube and we found some wonderful videos about the history of Poland and, you know, in the early early 20th century and moving through. And he is an extraordinary man. We have, um, we have a love for Polish, um, I'm going to say patriots, going way back to our American Revolution. Mike, I'll throw it to you. Well, I think we'll be going back further than that, John Shelbieski, but and even before that, the That's Mongols true. or whatever. That's true. Um, no, but what question on state planning, Beth, do you think we should go over? Oh, well, do you have any question? Do you think, what do you think would be important? Uh, yes. Uh, so, Mr. Connors, could you please tell us what are the most uh, important documents uh, if someone is trying to create an estate plan? Well, of course, the, the, the one thing, the basic starting point as far as estate planning, everybody should have a will. Now, I know a lot of people right now say, oh, I don't want a will. It goes through probate. But that's not really true. There's no obligation to probate a will. But just in case you need assets, you pass away with assets in your name alone. You want a will. You want an executor. The executor is the person you choose to wrap up your business, legal, financial matters after you're gone. And you don't want chaos. You want somebody in charge. And a lot of times say, well, I don't want a will because if I do a will, I don't want to leave anything to my son and he's going to contest my will. That may be so, but if you don't have a will, he automatically stands to inherit whatever assets are in your name alone. He could apply to be administrator of your estate. And no matter what, you think you got all your assets taken care of. You say, all my assets are in trust. They're, they have beneficiaries. I'm not going to need a will. Well, things happen. You could be in a car accident. There's a lawsuit after you're gone. Who gets the money from the lawsuit? Who's in control of the lawsuit? Um, again, that's the executor under your will, and that's your, you know, and, and that who gets the money from it. We talk about a story in our seminars, which is a true story. A woman was an SSI. She had no assets. She had a joint bank account with a friend, less than $2,000. That was everything she owned. She lived in what we used to call a welfare hotel. She didn't even own the furniture in the hotel rooms. So why did she need a will? All she had was a $2,000 bank account joint with her best friend, who would take her out to lunch and the movies once a week, would make sure she had a place to stay for the holidays. Not that the woman in SSI didn't have a family. She had a sister. But the sister kind of disowned her because the woman on SSI was physically disfigured. And her sister was ashamed to be with her and wanted nothing to do with her. And so she never saw her. She never did anything with her. Like I said, she was ashamed to be with her. In this welfare hotel, there was a fire. The woman on SSI died in the fire. Other people were hurt. Lawsuits were brought. The public administrator of Kings County tagged on to the lawsuits. Um, now... The friend paid for the funeral. The sister didn't go to the funeral. Who got the money from the lawsuits? The sister, because the woman didn't have a will. And we're talking about a woman on SSI who had no more than $2,000 in the bank, and the bank account was joint with her best friend. So why did she need a will? Because something happened. There was a She, she died in an accident. There was a lawsuit. Who gets the money from the lawsuit? And talk about a laughing heir. In that case, the sister gets the money from the lawsuit. Um, that's one reason everybody needs a will. Uh, you know, other things happen. Sometimes it might be just furniture. It might be your car. It might be just to stop somebody else 
from becoming administrator of your estate. Again, everybody needs a will. A will is a writing witnessed by two people that disposes of assets in your name alone and appoints an executor, the person you want to be in charge of your estate after you're gone. And sometimes younger couples should have a will because they should have a will. If they have children, they want to appoint a guardian to take care of the children. You don't want it to be, again, chaos again. You want to choose the person to take care if you have a child under the age of 18. You want to choose who that person is, not the court or a combination of fighting relatives. Uh, another important document is a PAV attorney. You know, a PAV attorney works while you're alive. So a will takes over only after you're gone. A will has no effect when you're alive. A PAV attorney has no effect when you're dead, but it takes effect. It can take effect usually in a lot of cases when a medical doctor says that you're not capable of handling your own affairs. Now, the importance of a, a PAV attorney, if you're incompetent, you had a stroke or another mental disability, you fell down, hit your head, you're not able to clearly think, a PAV attorney can sign documents for you, which could be numerous documents. It could be to, to pay your bills. It could be to apply for benefits, maybe apply for Medicaid. In a lot of cases, between husband and wife, that's why we like to have a power of attorney. God forbid, husband has a stroke. He has to go to a nursing home. We've talked about this before. The average cost of a nursing home is over $16,000 a month. Now, let's say the couple has some assets that are joint, but they're not joint in the nature that you can take the assets out just on one signature. There could be some stock certificates. You need both signatures. There could be, obviously, a house. The deed to the house let's say it's in husband and wife's name, husband has a stroke, wife cannot sell or mortgage that house without her husband's signature. That's where a power of attorney comes into play. Otherwise, she may have to go to court, and if you go to court, you never know exactly what's going to happen. So it's very important for married couples, and some people don't think this. Well, I'm married 40 years. Isn't it automatic that I have a right to sign my spouse's name? No, it's not automatic. People married 40 years get divorced. So Again, a PAV attorney. Now, I'm not saying everybody should go out and do a PAV attorney because you give a PAV attorney to the wrong person. They can wipe you out. They can steal you blind. But if you're married, you trust your spouse, and you want to protect your spouse, God forbid you have a stroke or another disabling illness, you want to do a PAV attorney. Now, again, at the same time, give a PAV attorney to the wrong person. They can wipe you out. They can steal you blind. So you've got to be a little careful. Don't just give a PAV attorney to anybody. But at the same time, too, again, if you have a son or daughter you implicitly trust, put them on your PAV attorney. Because you've got to ask yourself this question, who would I rather have make decisions for me, my relatives or the court system? And I really do hope it's your relatives. In some cases, maybe you don't want your relatives to be in charge, and we can always try to talk about that and what happens. Another part, it's a simple document, but it's one that you know most people should have, a health care proxy. That's the person who makes medical decisions on your behalf if you can't speak for yourself. Um, it's a writing witnessed by two people. The And one of the main things about that is to get access to medical records when you are sick, to be able to talk to a doctor, because technically, if there's nothing in writing, the doctor may not want to talk to you, even if you're close relatives. Now, doctors, you know, they might be able to speak to a spouse, they might speak to a spouse, but I know some institutional doctors that if you don't have a health care proxy in writing, you can't speak to them. They won't speak to you. And that's where the health care proxy comes into play. And if you want to avoid probate and you have real estate, then you want to think about a trust agreement. And, you know, the difference 
a trust agreement kind of looks, works like a will and a power of attorney to some extent. The assets in the trust agreement will avoid probate. They will not go to court. They will go to the named beneficiaries like a life insurance policy that has named beneficiaries. It will go to the you know, named beneficiaries without going to court, ordinarily tax-free in New York if you're under $6.5 million, and there's no tax between husband and wife, whatever the amount is. And it again, you own a house, you know, because you can put bank accounts, somebody else's name. You can insurance policies, annuities, IRAs, you have named beneficiaries. But if you own real estate, if you own a house, you really can't just put somebody else's name on the deed. You can, but that causes a lot of problems. Bad things happen when you just put somebody else's name on the deed. So with the trust, those bad things you're protected from, like God forbid you put your son's name on your deed and he's married and he dies before you, his wife owns part of your house. And you may not be crazy about that, especially a couple of years later, she gets remarried and your house may go to a stranger you don't even know today. Bad things do happen. You put your son's name on the deed, he gets involved in a lawsuit. There's a judgment against him, he can put a, a judgment against your house. Um, your daughter is married to a businessman. He has expenses and deductions. He shouldn't be taking. Your daughter files a joint return. They're married. The IRS puts a lien on their assets. The IRS has a lien on your house. You put your daughter's name on your deed. So there are a lot of different reasons. And I mean, we've seen examples where, you know, you, you, you put, let's say your daughter's name on your deed. She dies before you. And then her son, your grandson evicts, in effect, the old lady from the house. And again, bad things happen. You protect yourself by doing a deed. You still keep control, but it still avoids probate. You can protect your house from medical bills, nursing home bills. It avoids probate, goes out tax-free under normal circumstances. So if you own real estate, we want to do a trust. If you own a co-op, we want to do a trust. And in some cases, let's say if you have 10 beneficiaries, you have 10 nephews and nieces, well, it's going to be almost impossible to keep everything equal. Let's say you can't you can, but it's very difficult to keep 10 accounts, even with 10 nephews and nieces. So if you do a trust, you can put one of your nephews and nieces in charge, one or two of them, and then say whatever's in the trust gets divided, you know, 10 ways if you have 10 nephews and nieces. Trust a very, a very good document for estate planning because a will only lasts, only takes effect after you're gone. A power of attorney dies with you. A trust, you can manage assets in the trust before you're gone. And then after you're gone, unlike the will of the power of attorney, which are kind of limited. And if you have a will, in order to use a will, you have to notify everybody who's the next of kin. You have to do a court proceeding. And if there are any medical bills chargeable against your estate, they're going to be claiming against your estate. Now, that's the basics of estate planning. Carolina, do you have any questions on that? Or? Oh, goodness. Well, Beth, you help. <laughs> no, that's a lot, Carolina. Good luck. <laughs> Thank you. Thank you for all the explanation. And we all agree that everyone should have an estate plan. Yeah, everybody should have a plan, whatever it is. Michael, when are we doing our seminars? All right, well, our seminars. Yeah. yeah, our seminars coming up. We have June 19th at Buckley's. In we Brooklyn. have in Brooklyn. We have June 20th at DeLuca's on Staten Island. We have June 21st at Greenhouse right here in Bay Ridge, Brooklyn. We have June 22nd at Connolly's. And we have June 23rd at the Adria in Queens. Okay, so Connolly's is in Massbeth, Queens. DeLuca's in Staten Island. Greenhouse and Buckley's are in Brooklyn. Greenhouse is in Bay Ridge, Brooklyn. And uh, Buckley's is in, I don't know, borderline Cheapside Bay Marine Park. Uh, that part of, you know. 
And Nostra the Adria, of course, is our old stomping Bayside. grounds in Bayside. Yeah, and Michael, just before we take our break, um, can you give us where you can email questions to? Absolutely. You can email any questions you have to askmikeconnors at gmail.com. That's Connors spelled C-O-N-N-O-R-S, askmikeconnors at gmail.com. All right, we're going to take a short break. We'll be back in a few minutes. If you're a homeowner age 62 or older and are finding it harder to pay off debt, or how about enjoying your retirement years with less stress? A home equity conversion mortgage may be the answer for you and your family. Hi, this is Frank Melia, a certified mortgage planner, and I've helped countless homeowners all over the tri-state area tap into a little or a lot of their home equity so they can use it right now. Give me a call so our team here at Contour Mortgage can show you how the loan program works and how much you and your family may qualify for. My job is to help you find the best solution for your retirement goals. I do this by educating homeowners with straightforward information and answers. It's free to call and speak with me, Frank Melia, to determine if this mortgage program might be able to help you and your loved ones now. Call and speak with me. I'll answer your questions and help you decide if a reverse mortgage is right for you and your family. Make the call now, 888-954-7463. Once again, that's 888-954-7463, and you could be on your way to a better retirement. Frank Melia, NMLS number 62591, Contour Mortgage Corporation, NMLS number 34384, 990 Stewart Avenue, Suite 660, Garden City, New York, 11530, Licensed Mortgage Banker, New York State Department of Financial Services. The Guild for Exceptional Children, or GEC, has been providing excellent care to children and adults with developmental disabilities since 1958. It is our mission to help build better lives and brighter futures for the people in our care. We serve nearly 1,000 individuals each day and are proud that 90 cents of every dollar is used for actual services. Please visit www.gecbklyn.org or call 718-833-6633 to learn more. Do you have somewhere to sleep? Did you eat today? Are you making ends meet? For thousands of New Yorkers, the answer is no. For children and youth, adults, seniors, people struggling with addiction or mental illness, and for the isolated, Catholic Charities of Brooklyn and Queens is there. With 160 programs and more than 4,500 units of affordable housing, Catholic Charities is one of the largest multi-service charitable organizations in the nation. We help change lives and build communities. If you or someone you know needs assistance, call 718-722-6001 or visit CCB. How can I protect my family if something happens to me? What if I need to go to a nursing home? What will happen to our savings, our home? What's the best way to give my home to my kids? Who will help us take care of Grandpa? These and many other questions can be answered with a phone call to Connors & Sullivan Attorneys at Law, PLLC, 718-238-6500. Mike Connors, one of New York Magazine's top lawyers, has over 30 years of estate planning and elder law experience. Mike and his team of professionals will help you protect your assets from probate, taxes, and nursing home costs so you can have peace of mind knowing you and your family will be taken care of and protected. I'm Mike Connors, founder of Connors & Sullivan. People don't plan to fail, they fail to plan. The time to plan is now. I'm Beth Connors. Call today for a free initial consultation with one of our experienced lawyers. Connors and Sullivan in Brooklyn, Queens, Manhattan, and Staten Island. Call 718-238-6500. 718-238-6500 or connorsandsullivan.com. 
Time now for Connor's Corner, where Mike takes a closer look at topics like history, politics, religion, and more. Here's Mike. Welcome to the Connor's Corner segment of Ask the Lawyer. You know, a, a couple of weeks ago, I was in Greenpoint, and, you know, I had to, I, I got a little bit of a tour of, of the Joseph Pilsudski Institute of America, and right now we have Ivona Korga, who's currently the president. Welcome to Connor's Corner. Hello, how are you? Okay. So tell me something. First of all, where are you in Greenpoint, and why would somebody want to come into the Institute? I mean, for Yes, of course. So uh, my name is Ivona Korga, and uh, I am the president of the Piłsudski Institute of America. We are located uh, in Greenpoint uh, Avenue, 138 Greenpoint Avenue. So this is the center of Greenpoint. And all are welcome to visit us, of course. Okay, and what, what would we find there, let's say, if we go in there? I know, but maybe you can tell us. Um, of course, so... Uh, Institute was funded in New York City 80 years ago during Second World War in 1943. And uh, the main mission of the Institute is collecting, storing, sharing um, archival resources, uh, conducting research and promoting Polish history and Polish-American history uh, in the United States and in Poland. So for that 80 years, we, we have... Uh, collected large collections. Um, we have more than one million documents uh, in our archives. Uh, we have a large library, 20,000 books, uh, and a collection of um, old photographs, uh, uh, stamps, uh, as well as um, a large art gallery with uh, 240 paintings. So there are many different uh, collection that everyone can use and see. Uh, if anyone walks in, in our door, uh, it's well, it, 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 it is welcome to our art gallery and uh, um, special display of our historical artifacts uh, connected with uh, Polish and Polish-American history concerning 20th century. So um, there are many beautiful objects that you can see, and we will take you uh, through the history of uh, Poland and uh, Polish-American relationships. And, of course, Polish-American relationships go way back. Uh, in fact, all of Western civilization owes a great deal to Poland, probably more than any other one single country in Europe. Um, but let me ask you a question. Who was, who was Joseph Pilsudski? So uh, Josef Piłsudski is a um, patron of the Institute. We carry his name. But um, for Americans, it may be an unknown person. But if I say that uh, for Poland, Joseph uh, Piłsudski, we call him Józef Piłsudski, is like George Washington. For Americans, I think it's more clear. Uh, Piłsudski is the person who was very much involved uh, and uh, uh, helping uh, Poland to gain independence in 1918. Um, Piłsudski uh, was born in eastern uh, Poland in 1867, close to uh, Vilnius. Uh, that time, that part of Poland uh, belonged to Russia because um, um, 
in 18th century, Poland lost independence uh, due to uh, many factors and uh, uh, states uh, who were neighbors of Poland, uh, Russia, um, Germany and Austria took over. And it was in 1918 when Poland regained independence. And Piłsudski, uh, through all his life, was um, very active in fighting for that independence. He was sent to Siberia by Russians. Then he was a member of Polish uh, Socialist uh, Party. And then uh, he was uh, very much involved in building Polish army, Polish legions, during the uh, First World War. In 1919, uh, he came back uh, to Poland because he was arrested by uh, Germans, and he took over. And um, November 11, it is the, the day when Poland was born again. And uh, from that time, Piłsudski was in power. He was in charge of army. And um, he was uh, very much uh, um, in charge of uh, uh, putting or fighting for Polish borders. Because, as you may know, after First World War, a conference, a peace conference in um, uh, Paris uh, uh, was very large. And then there uh, were decisions how uh, borders in Europe will be after First World War. And Polish uh, Western, uh, West side borders uh, connection with Germany were then decided, but uh, eastern borders were open. So Piłsudski took over and decided to fight for uh, uh, Polish territories. And it was a very difficult fight with um, Bolshevik Russia at that time, uh, 1918, 1921, uh, and um, including a very well-known uh, Battle of Warsaw in 1920, when Russians... Uh, the Red Army were very close to Warsaw, and Piłsudski um, won this battle with, of course, Polish army, Polish generals, and uh, Polish people. And in 1921, uh, there was a uh, peace treaty in Riga, uh, which um, uh, gave Poland a lot of uh, eastern uh, territories. So uh, Piłsudski was the person who can be called father of Polish independence, a um, person who was very much involved in creating Polish state um, for many uh, years. Uh, he died in 1935, securing um, treaties with uh, Russia and Germany, hoping that this will give Poland more time to build army, to build uh, um, I would say, democratic and uh, good state. However, as we know, um, Second World War came very shortly. For Poland, it was September 1st, 1939. So Piłsudski, for Polish people, it is a very important person, maybe the one of the um, very uh, well-known and the most important. Yeah, I, I I think we should also talk a little bit about, I mean, he was a, a truly brilliant general and, and commander. I mean, the Russian troops were at the gates of Warsaw, and within literally months, Polish troops are in uh, Minsk. They're in uh, Latvia, I believe. 
Riga, and yes. you know, you know, he turned that whole war around. And most commentators at the time said that Russia would overrun, or the Soviets, I think, would be a better way to see it, or the Bolsheviks would overrun Poland in a matter of weeks. And before you know it, the Polish army is all over. You know, they're in the Ukraine, what is today the Ukraine, what Lithuania, and um, Minsk in Belarus, and. That kind of military achievement, I think, is astounding. By the way, you John Ford fans out there, whenever you saw Argosy pictures with John Ford and Meryn C. Cooper, like they produced such films right. as The Searchers, Ford Apache, Rio Grande, and so forth, Marion Cooper was in the Kosciuszko Legion fighting for the Poles during that war, and he was captured by the Russians, which, of course, made him always a you know, deep enemy of communism. Um do you have anything about that legion, the, the you know, or Marion C. Cooper? Yes, so, yes, of course. So going back to your question about Piłsudski uh, and about his skills. So uh, Piłsudski was uh, never trained as a military officer. Uh, all his knowledge came uh, through knowing uh, Russian tactics, uh, through reading books. He never went through any, uh, we would say, uh, military school. However, uh, he was very brilliant and intelligent, and fighting during the First World War uh, gave him a lot of experience. So uh, he knew how to fight with Russians, and he also knew that Russians are the, the most uh, uh, important envy of Poland. So we have to, Polish people have to fight with them. So... Um, Talking about Battle of uh, Warsaw uh, in 1920, we are talking about August and uh, uh, Red Army, Bolshevik Army, uh, standing uh, very close to Warsaw. Um, and uh, in uh, Piłsudski memoirs, in his books, uh, we can uh, uh, read the story that he uh, left Warsaw on um, August 12th. He went to Puave, it's a city uh, uh, like 50 kilometers from Warsaw, where uh, he uh, took his uh, generals, and uh, before that he set up uh, uh, the plan for 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 that battle. And just a small information, uh, I would like to add that all materials concerning uh, Battle of Warsaw are currently at the Piłsudski Institute. They were saved uh, in 1939 during Second World War and uh, came through Europe to United States. And when the Institute was set up here in New York City, those documents came uh, to our possession and we are taking care of them. Uh, currently, they all digitized. They are online at uh, org. You can view them. And there is this uh, very important uh, order uh, for that uh, battle, it has um, number 10,000, and it's actually written by General, uh, General Rozwadowski. Uh, and uh, it is about how armies have to be moved around in order to uh, attack Bolsheviks, uh, Bolsheviks from the side and push them back. So the Warsaw have to hold, whoever is in Warsaw have to hold very strong, and the army is pushing through the sides. And this, uh, it was uh, very risky, but uh, it, it was a success. So Piłsudski did it, and it is very important. 
The second question about uh, Kościuszko Squadron and uh, Cooper and uh, other Americans, it is very exciting story. So when the war, uh, First World War is finishing in 1918, Americans' uh, pilots uh, in France are asking Piłsudski whether they come, uh, could come over to Poland and fight for Poland. Piłsudski says, uh, yes, of course, you can come. Uh, Poland is a very young state, and uh, uh, it is uh, just the first uh, uh, squadron. So uh, Cooper and some of his friends and later on uh, other Poles um, being in that squadron and uh, really helping uh, uh, Polish state fighting Russians. Of course, uh, they are not bombing, but uh, they are doing a lot of work with collecting information and how the Russian uh, army is moving around. Um, some of members of that uh, squadron uh, unfortunately uh, died. Uh, their graves are in Lvov. Um, and at our place, we is, have some uh, of the medals and badges from this uh, very important and um, unique squadron. So anyone can see them and hear the story of uh, Cooper, who, as we know later on, was a very famous uh, filmmaker, especially famous for New York City. Yeah, well, one, one of the bits of trivia, um, the classic King Kong, the one back in the 30s, uh, Cooper obviously was a pilot, and he was the producer of that movie. And he is also the guy flying the plane that shoots King Kong off the Empire State Building back then, which is, and for those of you, of course, John Wayne fans, he produced The Searchers, among other films, but his wife, Dorothy Jordan, plays Martha in The Searchers. And I know you guys may not know what The Searchers, but it's a very famous American film that uh, we talk about on the show all the time with different film critics or whatever. It's almost the, the, the father of American cinema, you know, the, all the directors who loved like Martin Scorsese and John Milius and those guys who all, uh, you know, adored the searchers, even George Lucas and Star Wars, the beginning when the kid comes back and finds the cabin burning, that's straight out of the searchers. So that was Marion C. Cooper was the, was the director on a, a, a great patriot, a great American and, you know, a man of tremendous courage, because think about it. Why would you fight for Poland after World War I when you're an American? You can go home safely. You've won the war. Uh, but you risk your life to fight communism, to fight Bolshevism. Yes, absolutely. So Cooper was very brave, and uh, his action and his American fellow actions actually saved Poland, but not only Poland, but also Europe, because you can imagine if uh, uh, Bolsheviks with Red Army run through Poland, it will be the end of Polish state again, and then they will run through whole Europe. So probably it will be very dangerous for Europe too. Uh, thankfully, um, Poland and Piłsudski stopped it, and uh, um, Bolsheviks have to go back to Russia and... Uh, did changes there, terif uh, horrible changes uh, um, uh, with uh, the way they were ruling uh, Russia, but uh, it was only uh, left for Russia. It was not coming to, to Europe. Yeah, and again, I think you make a good point that if they took over Poland, Germany was in a very fragile state 
in the 1920s. And there were a lot of communist sympathizers in in Germany in the 1920s, which later gave rise to Hitler's, uh, you know, rise to power. But if if the if Poland fell, Germany very easily could have fallen a little bit later. Absolutely, it was truly a difficult time because when Poland was fighting um, uh, Bolsheviks in 1919-1920, it was very difficult to get ammunition uh, from Europe because, uh, as you mentioned, especially in, especially in Germany and France, a lot of workers were um, openly. Um, having communist inclination and they didn't want to put ammunition which was coming and uh, um, uh, different firearms to come to Poland to fight uh, Bolsheviks. They were truly striking. Uh, uh, they were um, not allowing any uh, um, any um, uh, movement uh, and any uh, ammunition to come to to Polish state. Only through uh, Hungary there were some um, railways uh, which were carrying uh, ammunition. It was a really difficult time. So Poland was truly alone at this moment. So it was uh, live or die. No, and, uh, you know, the Western civilization owes a great debt to Poland over the generations, you know, both you know, 1920 and all through, you know, the history of Europe. But if somebody wants to learn more about Polish history, again, where is your, where's your headquarters again? I know you mentioned at the beginning, but you can tell the audience and, and what are your hours and is everybody welcome to come in? Yes, of course. So, um, Piłsudski Institute is located in the heart of Greenpoint in Brooklyn uh, at uh, 138 Greenpoint Avenue. We are open to public and anyone can walk in and see our collections. We are here from Monday to Friday from 10 a.m. to 5 p.m. And uh, on Tuesday, we are a little longer from 12 to 7 p.m. I want to mention that in summer, we have summer um, hours so we are here only four days from monday to thursday but i am sure that anyone can find time to see us we are also open uh, during weekends when we have uh, open programs because there are many educational programs here so you can uh, walk in you can send us an email you can look at our web page which is www.pilsudski.org you can call us you can follow us on uh, our um, uh, Facebook or uh, Lentkin. So uh, we are waiting for you, and we our doors are open uh, for everyone. Let me ask you something. What what kind of educational programs do you have? Uh, we have programs for uh, children and students from uh, American schools and from Polish Saturday schools. I had just last Saturday class uh, history class about uh, a Battle of Warsaw for. 35 students from 7th and 8th grade. Uh, we have uh, many programs for adults, uh, documentary film screenings, uh, history lectures, uh, uh, book presentations. Uh, we have also from time to time uh, events uh, outside of our headquarters, like a, a special uh, run for crossed uh, soldiers fighting for Poland after Second World War. We have special uh, a game uh, 
um, uh, through the streets of um, Greenpoint for children and parents. It is coming in uh, June. So um, there are many different uh, occasions uh, to come uh, and see the Institute and take part in, in uh, such programs. Ivona, thank you very much for being on Connor's Corner. We appreciate, you know, the work you're doing because history is, you know, we're starting to forget history in the United States, and you guys are keeping a little bit, bit of history alive. So thank you for doing that. Thank you very much for having me, and I'm truly honored, and I'm waiting for all to come and see our place. Thank you again. Thank you. If you're a homeowner age 62 or older and are finding it harder to pay off debt, or how about enjoying your retirement years with less stress, a home equity conversion mortgage may be the answer for you and your family. Hi, this is Frank Melia, a certified mortgage planner, and I've helped countless homeowners all over the tri-state area tap into a little or a lot of their home equity so they can use it right now. Give me a call so our team here at Contour Mortgage can show you how the loan program works and how much you and your family may qualify for. My job is to help you find the best solution for your retirement goals. I do this by educating homeowners with straightforward information and answers. It's free to call and speak with me, Frank Melia, to determine if this mortgage program might be able to help you and your loved ones now. Call and speak with me. I'll answer your questions and help you decide if a reverse mortgage is right for you and your family. Make the call now, 888-954-7463. Once again, that's 888-954-7463, and you could be on your way to a better retirement. Frank Melia, NMLS number 62591, Contour Mortgage Corporation, NMLS number 34384, 990 Stewart Avenue, Suite 660, Garden City, New York, 11530, Licensed Mortgage Banker, New York State Department of Financial Services. Do you know how many Christians live in the Middle East? Six million people. Do you know how many Christians need your help? Every single one. Do you know what we can do? With St. Francis in Beirut, we can give them hope, we can give them medicines, we can give them medical equipment, we can give them everything they're looking for, because some others decided to remove Christianity from the Middle East. But if we will help them every single day, not just to feed them or clothing, it's all about giving them another day with the idea that they are recognized, that we love them, they are cousins, sisters, there are roots. So, St. Francis in Beirut, it's all about helping Christians, and you can be part of that help too. If you want to help Father Paul in his mission, send your donations to St. Francis in Beirut, 213 Stanton Street, New York, New York, 10002. How can I protect my family if something happens to me? What if I need to go to a nursing home? What will happen to our savings, our home? What's the best way to give my home to my kids? Who will help us take care of Grandpa? These and many other questions can be answered with a phone call to Connors & Sullivan Attorneys at Law, PLLC, 718-238-6500. Mike Connors, one of New York Magazine's top lawyers, has over 30 years of estate planning and elder law experience. Mike and his team of professionals will help you protect your assets from probate, taxes, and nursing home costs so you can have peace of mind knowing you and your family will be taken care of and protected. I'm Mike Connors, founder of Connors & Sullivan. People don't plan to fail, they fail to plan. The time to plan is now. 
now. I'm Beth Connors. Call today for a free initial consultation with one of our experienced lawyers. Connors and Sullivan in Brooklyn, Queens, Manhattan, and Staten Island. Call 718-238-6500. 718-238-6500 or connorsandsullivan.com. Welcome back to Ask the Lawyer with me, Mike Connors. And, you know, I, I, Polish history to me is fascinating. I think we're going to spend some more time, you know, have another show, at least part of the show on Polish history in a, in a couple of months. But in the meanwhile, let's get another question off the board. Beth, what question do we got out there today? Well, this is, are we still doing Zoom wills? Um that's that comes up uh i know it was a i know in the the throes of covid um we were doing them uh are we doing them anymore are we doing them now no i mean for a relatively short period of time we were allowed to do wills through what do you call it electronic devices computer devices whatever facebook facetime whatever it was we were able to do wills for a short period of time one, if somebody wanted to do a will and they were in a nursing home, you couldn't get into nursing homes for a while. They were shut down with COVID for any reason. You know, you almost it seems like an eternity ago. But there were whole different rules or lifestyles, you know, that, that were imposed upon us. Now, the question we occasionally get, if you did a will by Zoom, should you update it? And my opinion is yes, especially if the will might be contestable in one way, if you didn't leave it all to the children equally or whatever. Because, one, I think, you know, and I'm not a constitutional lawyer by any stretch, but I do think that somebody might say that the governor did not have the power or the authority by executive order to, in effect, change the law of wills. Now, I mean, I think you could very easily argue that the law should be changed because most of the rules about wills were written in the 1850s and the world has changed then. Well, um, it may have changed, but aren't those, are all those rules are there to protect the person making a will. I mean, zoom, I, I saw one of the zoom wills has been done and you, you see the person on the other side, but you don't know who else is in the room. No, that is a problem with the Zoom wills. So if if it's not too much of an inconvenience, if I were you, I would update my will if you did your will during the Zoom signings. And, you know, because somebody is going to challenge it um, in court sooner or later when there's a contestable will, it was done by Zoom, somebody sooner or later is going to contest that in court. And I think you'd be much better off if you had a later will that was signed in front of witnesses who saw you in the eyes and can interact with you directly as opposed to just on a camera. So, yeah, I, 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 you know, I really didn't like Zoom wills when we were doing them. Again, sometimes that's the only thing we could do because if there was a client in a nursing home, the only thing we could, you know, pra- do practically is do a Zoom when we didn't do the will at all. Well, one more question. Um, someone lives in Florida. Someone lives in New York. You know, the same person. Can they make? Can they do a will in either place? Yeah, that's uh, will basically is good if it's good according to the laws of your uh, residency or according to the state where you're living in. So, in other words, I mean, this is a case that happened a few years back. If you did a will, let's say in Louisiana, that was a holographic will, 
even if you were a New York resident, it was still a valid will. Now, a holographic will is basically, I'm simplifying it because different states have different laws on it, but a holographic will is a will that you write entirely in your own handwriting, and it doesn't have to be witnessed. Now, we don't allow that in New York. There's certain weird exceptions like a mariner at sea or in the, the battle and war, uh, whatever. But for the most part, a holographic will is not valid in New York. But let's say you go to a state where it is valid, like Louisiana, and you sign your will in Louisiana, and it's entirely in your own handwriting. That supposedly is, you know, in this old common law. If it's entirely in your own handwriting, it's likely to be legitimate. And so that, you know, like I said, you do that in Louisiana, the will's a holographic will, you die, you can probate it here in New York. You may get some resistance or whatever on that, but you're still going to be able to probate it here in New York. So, you know, the laws in every state are different, but basically, if you sign a will here in New York, it's going to be good in the, the other 49 states. And for the most part, it's probably good in most countries in the world. Almost every country has a treaty with the United States that they accept wills done in, in one of the states of the United States. So, And especially like if you're dealing with European Union countries. You do a will here in New York, it's going to be valid in Ireland. It's going to be valid in Canada. It's going to be valid in England. Um, it's going to be valid in most countries on the continent or whatever. When you start getting the weird countries like Islamic law and things like that, the will may not be um, may not be valid. And, you know, talking about that, we better, we, we talked about, we'd give the dates and times of the seminars. So, Beth, you want to go over that for us, please? Yes. Okay. Our seminars are the week uh, beginning June 19th. So it's going to be Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, and Friday. So June 19th, 20th, 21st, 22nd, and 23rd. The first one, Monday, June 19th. 2023, 11 a.m., and a second one at 3 p.m., and they're at Buckley's Restaurant and Caterers, 2926 Avenue S in Brooklyn. Okay, Tuesday, June 20th, 2023, 11 a.m. and 3 p.m., DeLuca's Trattoria, 616 Forest Avenue, Staten Island, New York. Then on Wednesday, we're back in Brooklyn, June 21st, 3 p.m. and 7 p.m., Greenhouse Cafe, 7717 Third Avenue, Brooklyn. Thursday, we're in Maspeth, 3 p.m. and 7 p.m., that's June 22nd, Connolly's Corner, 71-17 Grand Avenue, Maspeth. Um, and the last one, last of this set is Friday, June 23rd, and we're in Bayside. One's at 11 a.m. and one is at 3 p.m. The Adria Hotel and Conference Center, 221-17 Northern Boulevard, Bayside. Again, you're more than welcome to attend the seminars. We usually like you to respond and make a reservation because very rarely is are we fill up. Occasionally that happens, not not that often. But at the same time, we'd like to set up the room appropriate for the number of people there and seating arrangements and so forth. So if you want to attend one of the seminars, give us a call at 718-238-6500, 718-238-6500. 
there's no charge for the seminar, obviously. I shouldn't say that, obviously, but there's no charge for the seminar. Come in, ask your questions, and we'll try we'll try to answer all your questions. We talk about estate planning and elder law. And meanwhile, if you have a relative who doesn't speak English, Michael, what, what languages do we have on hand? All right. Well, aside from English, at our law firm, we have people who speak Spanish, Italian, Greek, Polish, Romanian, Ukrainian, Russian, Mandarin, Cantonese, Fujianese, Tagalog, and Hindi. Okay, so if you know somebody in any of those languages, we have staff that can speak to them in their native language. Listen, thank you for listening to the show this week. Hopefully we'll be on next week at the same times and places. Of course, you never know. Tucker Carlson said the same thing, what, Friday, and he's not not there Monday. So I guess you never know what's going to happen, but hopefully we'll be at the same time and places next weekend. Uh, stay well. Again, if you want to give us a call and talk to us at Connors and Sullivan, please do so. It's 718-238-6500. 718-238-6500. We don't charge for the first consultation. The first consultation is free, and then you go on it from there. Again, we have offices in Brooklyn, Queens, Staten Island, Manhattan. Thank you for listening to us. Hopefully you'll hear us next week. Bye-bye, everybody. Thank you so much for joining us. Kevin McCullough, are you or your parents' assets protected from nursing home bills? Did you know these bills can exceed $15,000 a month? People work their entire lives to live comfortably in retirement, but when people become ill and need to go to a nursing home or receive home care, the bills can drain their assets, leaving many people bankrupt. The good news is that you can prevent that from happening if you plan in advance. Connors & Sullivan's lawyers can customize a plan that specifically protects your interests, including your home. Schedule a free comprehensive telephone consultation with Mike Connors to discuss your issues and concerns from the security of your home. Call today, 718-238-6500, 718-238-6500. Don't let nursing home bills take your life's savings and leave you and your loved ones bankrupt. Don't wait another minute. Mike Connors can take you through the process by telephone and start a plan designed for you today. That's 718-238-6500. 718-238-6500. The preceding pre-recorded program paid for by Connors and Sullivan Attorneys at Law, PLLC. Three-star general Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal records of the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com.